When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Horror Show, a show that dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies and other cult classics. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Hello, Joe. What's going on? Nothing. We're finally back home. Back. Tampa. I figure we can do a little Tampa bonus after this and really get into the details of the Tampa show, but definitely a shout-out to everyone who came out. That was a lot of fun. It, it was nice, man. We had that, that whole section to ourselves, filled it up. Yep. Uh, everyone was great. It was, it was awesome. I love doing shit like that. Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. Um, and people are saying, run it back in Ybor. And listen, say the word. <laughs> yo, yo. Say agreed. the fucking word. <laughs> agreed. Uh, that was so much fun. I, I loved going out in Chicago, but like Ybor is like something else. Yeah, and yeah, no disrespect to Chicago. I think Chicago, like, I love doing live shows in Chicago, yeah. but Wybor, man. It's our second home, I would say, Chicago. I would say so, too. <laughs> also, wait, was it, was it Corinne? Is Corinne the one that came from Chicago, flew from Chicago to... She, no, she's or, from, I think br- she was from Cincinnati. She's from Cincinnati, but she flew from Chicago. Right, it could have been much... And we, I think <laughs> we were planning a Chicago show in the very near future. Um, so... <laughs> Which I did not tell her at the time, but <laughs> uh, Dude, no, that's people fucking. It came from Chicago, you know. Uh, uh, Nick, Nick came from Poughkeepsie. We had people from Connecticut. It was yeah. wild. Yeah, it's absolutely taking fun. over Tampa, Georgia. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, even the people in Florida came from like, yeah, from far away. So it was it was a really good time, uh, despite the technical issues, and you know, it was cool. Okay. I really liked we it. We know for next time. Yeah, yeah, we. Yeah, um, Angela was actually watching because you you posted the live show. Yeah. on Patreon, so she was watching it today, and she said that she was like, came out really good. Yeah, yeah, I think I I'm, I was gonna edit it and put it in, but some I don't know. I think everyone gets the picture. It's fine. Um. Well, that's the good news. <laughs> oh shit! All right. The 
bad news is we watched The Exorcist too. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh no, I don't <laughs> have any actual pet. Me. No, everything's okay. great. <laughs> <All right. laughs> everything's fantastic. Uh, this, is the, the, this is how the show ended that first run. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Unannounced. Yeah, that's true. No, yeah, that's true. No, 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 no. I'm I'm in it for the long haul, baby. Um, actually, before we get before we even touch this fucking movie. Uh, we we should uh, let everyone know you could win The Exorcist on digital 4K, celebrating its 50th anniversary. The Exorcist remains one of the greatest thrillers ever. The film that changed the way the genre is defined is now available in stunning 4K. Look for The Exorcist on 4K Ultra HD, and we will be uh, giving away digital codes for this uh we have them to give away email me sean at ihatehorror.com with your favorite exorcist memory uh when you saw it and uh we'll pick some winners and send you those digital codes those digital download codes um and also shout out to warner brothers for hooking us up with this uh warnerbrothers.com forward slash movies forward slash exorcist or facebook.com slash the exorcist dot official um yeah, thanks for doing this for us. And that was not because we were doing the Exorcist things. It just worked out. It's the universe, man. The universe loves the horror show more than anything. It does. <laughs> and we do everything in our power to fuck, fuck yeah. it up. <laughs> um, so we're doing the Exorcists. We did the first one. I don't know if that was the episode the Exorcist deserved, but it was the episode the Exorcist got. <laughs> I think we did fine, man. I don't remember. I was pretty drunk. Um, um, so I don't totally remember it, but I think it was, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was in a hotel room. It, listen, we were in whiteboard, you know, what can you do? Um, the heretic exorcist to the heretic. Dude, I have more notes for the heretic than I've ever taken in my fucking life. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. That's, well, that's a fact. Okay. So I have, I have a lot of notes about the making of it. The movie itself I was like, I'm not taking fucking notes on this. Like, this is fucking insane. Like, I don't even know what I'm fucking watching. It's very... The, I did start taking notes at the end because it was some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life <laughs> put on film. Where do we start? Do we start with some That's of the background? Do we start... I mean... <laughs> I, don't I don't hate it as much as you... I don't hate it as much as you do. Joe, I don't know fucking how. Joe, this <laughs> it's, uh, Listen, listen, man. If If... Fulci's name was attached to this and it was the same exact movie, people would fucking masturbate to it. Dude, those dream sequences with with Linda Blair sure. on the balcony, that's the most no one Italian like jalo shit. No. They would. Dude, that it was the beyond. It, it was it's not that bad, man. Joe. <laughs> it's a sequel to The Exorcist. <laughs> okay. Without, in, without in, a fucking exorcist. <laughs> in that comparison. Yes. All right. If you're if you're strictly holding it up to the first movie, it's a pile of fucking dog shit. And if you're holding it up to any movie, it's actually a pile of dog shit. But it's not it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. I fucking hated every dude, this movie. Dude, I feel like this is but I do think Lou Lou Delato, Lou Lou's Delato, Lou Delato was gonna be furious about my review. Uh, this, dude, this, this is one of, Amityville two vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the one Especially that every, at the end. everyone sh- should be allowed to hate this movie. Like if they do hate it, like anyone that loves this movie, 
should be like, I understand why you hate it. <laughs> okay. Sure. You know what I mean? But like Lou, Lou Stilato was uh, furious about that. Um, do, you, do you know who loves this movie? I don't. I'm going to be a A one Mr. Marty Scorsese. Oh, I did see that. Yo, that was fucking idiotic. This is a direct quote. I like the first exorcist because of the Catholic guilt I have and because it scared the hell out of me. But the heretic surpasses it. Maybe Borman failed to execute the material. Holy fucking shit. A mouse just ran by me. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Holy shit. (laughs) Coming in for the winner, bub. Chickens are coming home to roost. Fucking hey, that scared the balls off. All right, we'll keep that in. Uh, uh, Where was I in his? Oh, maybe Borman failed to execute the material, but the movie still deserved better than it got. So yeah, that's, that's Mr. Mr. Scorsese. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what's up with that. I, I was more upset with uh, Pauline Kael's uh, review, who said she preferred Borman's sequel to the original. She said it had more <laughs> visual magic than a dozen movies. Wait, what are you saying? What the fuck are you saying? Idiotic. Um, yeah. John Borman, man. The, the Oscar winning John Borman. And, and boy, I mean, I read a lot about the making of this and it just, I don't know what fucked up here. The one thing that no one talks about is like Borman like got some insane like lung disease, like lung fungus infection and uh, was like out of commission for like a month and a half on the production and some asshole filled in and... Yeah, it was our our boy that did cutting class. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Rospel Pollenberg. Holy shit. He he also rewrote the script. Like, like, it had a whole script written, and Borman's like, I don't like it. And you have to rewrite it. And the guy's like, of course I'm not going to do that. So Rospo stepped up. (laughs) And, And Linda Blair is quoted as talking about that script and being like, the original was really cool. Like, I really liked it. But then something happened. And it was a different fucking movie. And that something was a Raspo. <laughs> something was Raspo. Uh, so, what are we talking about here? We got Richard Burton coming in to play <coughs> Father Lamont. They had originally wanted to run back Father Dyer. Dryer, Dyer. Um, but... That guy wasn't around, so they couldn't get him. So they're like, all right, let's make this guy Father Lamont. Bring in Richard Burton, who was a Shakespearean actor. And also Liz Taylor's second and third husband. They married, divorced, and in the same year married and then got divorced again. Classic. (laughs) Fucking legendary, dude. That's some legendary shit. Uh, So good for him. He's also in a fucking thousand boring-ass movies. And he's the father of Yeah, he's in Cleopatra. Yes. Yep. Yep. So he was also uh, really struggling. I mean, this this is morbid, and there's really no reason for me to bring it up. But he's really struggling with uh, alcoholism in here, which which would take his life. And and there's a scene in particular where he's taking a drink from from you know the, the blood of Christ from yeah. the chalice. <laughs> dude, dude, there's no those fucking bozos must have put real real wine in that because he's drinking it for so obnoxiously long on the screen. <laughs> I actually said something out loud. I think I just said Jesus Christ out loud because. It's a moment in the movie where, it, yeah, it's, he's drinking the wine from the glass. And and they're in 
They're in a, uh, a, a devastated desert in Africa where water or drinks don't seem <laughs> like they're just, you know, they're not readily available, it appears. Right. And everyone's like going to take a sip of the, the blood of Christ. They're having their service. And this motherfucker starts chugging the fucking chalice. There's nothing left in it. <laughs> right. Fucking unreal. Uh, Louise Fletcher comes in to play Jean Tuscan, who <laughs> yes. the, the androgynous name is funny because it was originally supposed to be a male actor. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and then they just cast Chris, Chris Sarandon or George Seagal. Yeah. Um, but it hits home for Joe, Joe and I, because she was in both the Lawman and the Maverick TV shows. <laughs> if you like your 1940s Western TV shows that go nowhere, you might remember <laughs> Louise Fletcher. But everyone I like else that's what you're highlighting and not not Nurse Ratched. <laughs> everyone else will remember her from one fool for a cookie's nest. Paul is probably so furious about that. Although I don't know, he might oh, respect Lawman and Maverick. No, you just reminded me though. Paul's probably real furious that we mentioned uh John Borman, but didn't talk about the fact that John Borman made a movie called Hell in the Pacific about World War II that only stars Two actors in the entire movie because it's about two a Japanese uh, soldier and an American soldier stranded on a desert island. So it's only two actors, and those two actors are Lee Marvin and Toshiro Mifune. <laughs> so Paul's probably masturbated to that several times in his life. <laughs> oh, I I love Paul so much. Um. <laughs> He's such a good sport. Like, he really thank God. Is. He really is. <laughs> be so mad if somebody said it about me. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> just insulting your taste. And you have good taste. You actually have good taste. And they're like, what a fucking moron. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying that I didn't mind The Exorcist too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max von Sydow is back, baby. Playing a dead Boy, guy. Is he? <laughs> he didn't really want to do it, but uh, he's buddies with uh, this director. I forget his name already. Borman. 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 Uh, James Earl Jones shows up in this movie. He does. As okay, I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna say it, but they also said it three different fucking times, different three different ways in the movie. But Kokumo. Yeah, Kokumo. James Earl Jones shows up as Kokuma and in. It, just an odd role for him. I don't know. I, Same year that the first Star Wars movie came out. Which, okay. which, which one? Like realistically, at this time, do you think James Earl Jones was like, "This is going to be my big fucking break"? Right. It's probably The Exorcist too. A hundred percent. A hundred fucking percent. You get the yeah, a voice of a fucking <laughs> idiot in a black mask. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. You definitely thought this was your jumping off point. Uh, Ned Beatty shows up, too. Um, for a second, I was like, who the fuck was he in that? But I believe he's that pilot that brags about stealing relics from indigenous people. Yes, his name is George. Dude, his name is George. And he- <laughs> no, his, his name is Edwards. Oh, is it Edward? Yeah. I thought it was George. Oh. But this is the first, does the first adjective he use um, start with a G? He did. He he he's just talking. Everyone in this fucking movie is just saying words that don't 
matter and don't make sense. He's like, my name's whatever. I didn't know the guy's fucking name. I'll be honest with you. So he might not even be the pilot. I don't know. Fuck. I thought I read that. The way he, he says it is so idiotic. But yeah, you're right. It is Edwards. <laughs> um, But he has like a nickname. He's like, they call me old whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was something insane. Um, He was in Deliverance, Superman 1 and 2, Back to School, my favorite. Um, yeah, he's a guy that uh, has to squeal like a pig in Deliverance. Also directed by John Borman. John Borman. Oh, I thought you were talking about Back to School. I was like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to blow my fucking mind. <laughs> Made the best comedy ever. <laughs> um, And then, of course, uh, Blatty and Friedkin. Uh, zero desire to be involved in this project. They had no yes. interest in this whatsoever. Uh, and the original idea for The Exorcist 2 was kind of just going to be a rehash of the first one. Uh, I don't know how people got away with that back then, but they only wanted to spend $3 million and just like reuse all the scenes, like unused scenes from the <laughs> first movie, which <laughs> seems like not a great idea. And I don't know why uh, Richard, Letter, Richard Letterer would admit that. <laughs> but then again, they also spent 14 million on this piece of shit. So, what do you know? 14 million, dude. 14 million dollars. Uh, you know who else? we didn't uh, uh Dana Plato as young Sandra, the girl with autism. She's she's Kimberly from Different Strokes. Oh fuck, that's cool. Also, nobody in this movie knows what autism is. Nope, never seen it in their life. And Reagan cures it. So, (laughs) unfucking real. That scene is unreal and has no bearing on the rest of the fucking film. Do none. (laughs) 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 Fucking insane. Reagan's like, dude, we'll talk about that scene right now. Dana Plato's like, uh, hey, I have autism. And Reagan's like, what does that mean? And she's like, I can't talk. And Reagan's like, but you're talking now. And she's like, Ooh. and then the mom's like, oh my God, she's talking. <laughs> Dude, I have the quote written because it's so fucking insane uh, what she says to that girl. It's, it's fucking out of control. Because she's like, she's just like, well, you are talking. And the girl's like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> But I think we're supposed to think that I think what's supposed to happen in that scene is um, I think Reagan is hearing her through there. There you're correct. Yes, it's it's in her conscience. But then the scene ends with her actually speaking out loud. Right. (laughs) And Reagan Reagan has healing powers now because she's a locust (laughs) whose wing doesn't get charred or whatever they can say. (laughs) Oh my god! Uh, and, and not to keep dwelling on the cast, but uh, real quick, Kitty Wynn is back as Sharon Spencer, which I love because Sharon Spencer was the person that helped Reagan in the first movie, and she quits, she leaves because she's seen enough because Reagan's been possessed by the devil. And now she's back, like all hunky dory, and Reagan is staying with her. Um, and I'm going to come back to her in one second because I want to ask you something. But I just, I know we already talked about Richard Bur- Burton, and you mentioned uh, Paul Heinrich as the Cardinal. These, like, Paul was Victor Laszlo in Casablanca, and yeah. we already talked about what Richard Burton was, like a Shakespearean actor. How did they land in this? That's, 
absolutely insane. And it's still, again, it has Max von Sydow. So this cast is like, on paper, is like an A-plus cast. Oh, yeah. It's it's not like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I have a weird... Well, I want to ask you something. What do you think of that? So so we're in agreement that it's a good cast on paper. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the acting performances in this movie? Uh, I think everyone's good. Burton is rough, though. And they gave him a ton of screen time. And, and I think he's, like, fine. But, like, there's just moments with him where you're like, what? what it? He's just, like, going 100% on it. Oh man, dude! I think Burton, Burton, and James Earl Jones are the only two that are worth a damn. And this James Earl Jones some, is James Earl Jones is great on this. I, he's fine, but he's on the screen for three minutes. I mean, yeah, that's a problem because everybody else. But <laughs> well, that's the, true. The, some of the some of the line delivery at the end is unbelievable. That these people worked again. I I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I but I think Burton wasn't great. I think, but I think Bert. I think I think they're all the victims of editing. I'm going to be honest with you. And the editor quit. The editor quit. Like, the editor they had was like, I'm fucking done with this thing. And left. So then they brought somebody else in. I think they were... I think they fucked up. I just think they fucked up. They were doing rewrites and reshoots. I I just don't think... Because could you imagine being handed a script? Like, you already learned the script, and then they give you a new fucking page the day you're... Like, you're not going to be able to deliver that shit. You can't deliver lines like that. It actually like fucks you up as an actor. Like I'd fucking walk off the set, dude. Like, what are you doing? So I don't know. I I don't know. Like, again, like that's where it's like, who do you fucking blame on this? Like, right. But can we, okay. Sorry, Corinne, listener, Corinne, who mentioned that she wished we had had more, uh, Linda Blair talk. I think she said on the first episode. Like what? I don't know what to say about Linda Blair. She's great, but she was in Savage Streets, which I love. Um, but like, what else? But here's what I'm gonna say: I don't think she's very fucking good in this movie. <laughs> she oh, she's that. That's like a, not even an opinion. That's she's factually bad in this movie. And so many of the people like gave her the benefit of the doubt in the reviews, where they were like, "This movie sucks," but Linda Blair was good. What? No, she seems fucking it, it, lost, man. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. She also refused to do the makeup. <laughs> the makeup, yeah. Yeah, so which which is funny because we see like flashbacks in a dream sequence of a possessed Reagan from the yeah. first movie. And that's that's a different actress that had to get like they actually they didn't reuse clips. No. That's a new that's a new scene that they shot, but they used a different actress in the Reagan makeup. Yeah, people were not thrilled with this movie being made. Uh, Georgetown, uh, the house in Georgetown wouldn't let them film there. They refused. Uh, the steps in D.C., the, the city refused to let them fucking shoot at the real steps, so they had to build fake steps. Um, it goes on and on. Uh the one thing that we do have to talk about before we do get into it is Friedkin's comments about <laughs> about this movie. Oh, I, I love I love when Friedkin goes off the cuff, dude. He is out of control. Uh, the reports about this movie were that there was just laughter in the audience during the movie when it premiered in New York City, <laughs> and then. 
Bla- for, before we get to freaking Blatty claimed oh. that he was the first person to start first laughing. First one laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone just followed suit, which is fucking hilarious. And then is quoted as saying, you'd think we were watching the producer. <laughs> which is nuts. And then freaking my... His quotes, dude, he, he is a quote machine. Quote machine, yeah. He, dude, he just delivers one-liners, like, unreal. Do you have written down his claim as to what happened to Warner Brother executives? <laughs> the, the, the the, viewing? The, I don't have the exact quote. <laughs> oh, I mean, essentially, it's just people were so mad that they, they found the Warner Brothers executives also at the premiere and chased them down the street trying to hurt them. Which is nuts. <laughs> I mean, it didn't fucking happen. <laughs> and then he also said he got a print of it early because uh, he was at. Oh wait, no, so, sorry to interrupt you, dude. Dude, he doesn't even claim that they chased him after the movie. He claims that they they did it after the first ten minutes, which which like if that's true, the people doing the people chasing the Warner Brothers executives went there with the intent to just chase Warner just Brothers to hurt people. <laughs> dude, ten ten minutes. Um, yeah, he was at the Technicolor Studios too. And he, uh, they, they were like, hey, we just finished The Exorcist 2. Do you want to see it? He said he watched only the first half hour. This guy is very dramatic. I fucking love it. He never, he never finishes the movie. Uh, and I thought it was as bad as seeing a traffic accident in the street. It was horrible. It's just a stupid miss made by a dumb guy. John Borman by name. Somebody who should be nameless. <laughs> Fucking nuts, dude. Oscar-winning John Boy. <laughs> Friedkin later said that, his sequ- that this sequel diminished the value of the original and called it the worst piece of crap I've ever seen. And, quote, a freaking disgrace. He later added, this, <laughs> this film was made by a demented mind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you saying? That's so mental, dude. <laughs> um... And then just a lot of bad reviews from everyone. Um, just ripping it apart. Gene Siskel giving it zero stars. Wow. I will say one thing. I will say one thing. The Los Angeles Free Press gave it a negative review, and it almost made me like the movie more because it pissed me off so badly. The way this <laughs> well, guy wrote it. I would, he said, I never thought I'd appreciate Billy Friedkin because I didn't like The Exorcist very much. All right. You're a fucking asshole. Start. Then he says, but Exorcist 2 Heretic makes the Exorcist numero uno look like Citizen Kane. I was like, you know what? I might like this now. This <laughs> asshole or girl. I don't know. It doesn't give his name, her name. Anyway. Um, Did you read that uh, Ellen Burstyn, like everyone that's written on this is like Ellen Burstyn straight up refused to return, but she never offered a reason why. Yeah. I mean, probably because she was legitimately crippled for, for up to the time of the, that movie being shot. So yeah, she could not walk. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's use her inferencing skills here. Um, all right. Well, first and foremost, before we get into this movie, it's about locusts, right? Like that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's yeah, the main, kinda, yeah, the main kinda, plot kinda of the movie. Somehow. <laughs> um, I, I wish I could have just, I wish I bullet pointed just certain scenes in this. Cause it's, it's not one I want to go scene by scene, but we'll, we'll do our best here. Okay. Well, like, 
uh, again, like we talked about during the first Exorcist, that movie at its heart isn't really a horror movie. I mean, it is a horror movie, but you know, it has the theme of religion and like, it's a very religious movie. Yeah. This one, like it has religion in it, but it's not a religious movie. It's, it's like Borman heard that locusts were in the Bible and were like, I got to just dude. cram that in. Dude. It's on, dude. Yes. It's honestly as if he got picked up bits and pieces of religion and was like, okay, that's what I'm going to run with. Uh, Communion. I mean, <laughs> but instead of communion, it'll be like a giant bread man. Because <laughs> somebody probably told him it was the body of Christ, so he just made the bread into a made a body. body. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what he I mean, so they serve in the locust overkill he the guy has like close-ups of the locust ass that's flying which <laughs> i mean what a shot i'm not even sure that that was a fake locust it might have been a real one he's just that zoomed in on oh it. i think it is real i think that shot of the locust is shot on a green screen i don't know how they got it but they they got a dude, dude. How many times do they reuse that locust? Like like you're saying, it's a close up of his face flying around, and then James Earl Jones wearing a fucking locust, dude, dressed like. as a locust, <laughs> cosplaying a locust. <laughs> that was fucking insane. That was like one of the most insane. James Earl Jones is just picture, if you will, if you choose not to watch us. Picture, if you will, James Earl Jones shirtless wearing. <laughs> A locust hood <laughs> covering his face pretty much <laughs> makes him look like a giant grasshopper with no shirt. And what makes it even funnier is that, like, you know, I, I thought that it was going to be like shamanism, you know, part of the religion that, because he's located in, like you said, that like a desolated area of, yep. of Africa. Yep. Uh, no, it's just a dream sequence. <laughs> so he didn't need to do that anyways. Nope. Not even necessary. And again, so again, back to the editing, you could have chopped fucking 30 minutes off this movie uh, and i think i'd hate it less i mean it's two hours long and it does not need to be two hours it's a very long two hours it's longer than the exorcist yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking criminal <laughs> and then I'm t- okay i'm sorry i know we still haven't gotten into it but no i don't care like the first one like you said the- <laughs> there's no exorcism in this it doesn't perform an exorcism no uh, even in the beginning, we have a flashback to this guy like doing an exorcism, but he but he doesn't. And he, he also he, also he could have saved that girl, but we'll get into it. Um, he, so 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 Borman decides to make the sequel, but not have the exorcism, not have like religion as the underlying theme. Yeah, right. Like they mentioned that this priest lost his faith faith too. And it's just, it's like a throwaway line. The guy's talking oh, yeah. to that Cardinal. He's like, oh, I don't think I, I believe. And the Cardinal's like, I don't give a shit. Just go out there and do, do what I ask. And that's like the end of it. Um, and then on top of it, he tr- he throws in sci-fi. They have that synchronizer machine where they Dude. hook each other up to be hypnotized so that they can, so that they can enter each other's minds. Dude. And they make Reagan telekinetic right or is that the word whatever yeah she's whatever but that's not even what she's fucking doing with these guys like that's you build that into it that she can get into people's heads and hear shit and you do nothing with it right (laughs) why is that she talked to that girl and 
Actually, that's pretty much it. That's it. Because it. she needs the machine for everything else. Because on uh, yeah, she needs the machine. Like when the you'd think that when the priest goes catatonic, you, she could go in and she's just like, "Hey, can you hear me in there?" And he <laughs> can't. <laughs> she well, no, wait. She does have that telekinetic uh, connection when the priest is getting like pelted with rocks. And she's <laughs> tap dancing, and somehow somehow the rocks <laughs> are affecting her. <laughs> Which, by the way, we get a we get a vaudeville number, uh, from Reagan. That's like fifteen minutes long. <laughs> fifteen minute performance of Reagan tap dancing. Imagine sitting there being like, "Ah, we can't cut this. This is <laughs> this is too fucking good." Also, the planes, trains, and automobiles sequence at the end of the movie that lasted fifteen minutes of everyone traveling to Georgetown, real time, pretty much. <laughs> Watching dude hailing, hailing a cab and then paying like getting getting on to the the train, dude. Getting on a train and then we have to watch the women hailing a cab, going to the airport, getting on the plane, flying in the plane. <laughs> the plane almost crashes but doesn't, and then the plane continues flying, then lands and then hails another cab where the cab driver knows the address of the Exorcist house. <laughs> yes, they say the address and he's like, Whoa? <laughs> like. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Fucking insane. Uh, this movie's unreal. Well, so we open up, as we mentioned, with this new priest um, dealing with a possession um, that isn't that he <laughs> dealing with is a, a word that I shouldn't use here. He's just watching this. I'm. He was sent there to perform an exorcism and did not. <laughs> Correct. And then she lit herself on fire. Okay. Okay. So, so first, before that happens, they were like, let's, oh, we didn't mention, uh, Enri- Enrio, uh, Morricone mm-hmm. did the score for this, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly guy. He okay. did the music for this, which is wild. That's weird, but it does make sense this, for the end credit song, which was dude, the end credit song <laughs> the is the most, most ecstasy a, of gold. Italian <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and the score is fine, but like again, uh, it's yeah. had so much like going for it. Yeah, it's actually impressive that it that it failed so badly. But anyway, it starts with. Have you ever heard the clips of Yoko Ono singing when <laughs> Chuck Berry's performing, and they cut off her mic because she's yeah. just making like noises? <laughs> yes. That's 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 what they're trying. That's the noise that they're making, but it's trying to be like an evil entity. Yes, it's very very annoying. Yes. Uh, and then, like you said. He's there trying to perform an, an exorcism, and he actually looked like Burton does a fine job, like looking scared here. Like yeah. I was like, oh man, this, maybe Burton's gonna like knock it out the park. But the girl, <laughs> I thought the devil lit her on fire, and I actually rewound it. Like you know, I thought she just burst and like spontaneously oh, combust. Yeah. No. No, no, it was just a fire hazard, and she just stood too close to a lit candle and lit herself on fire. And she stood there, which Burton could have attempted to literally do. Like, I know she's possessed, but she's also, like, just her clothes are on fire. So you could have done anything to attempt to extinguish that. It is completely preventable. And they could have saved her. It took her so long to burn up. (laughs) So long. They just watched her. And there's a hundred people in there. All they would literally have to do is, like, all jump on her throw at the a same blanket time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> th- th- throw a cloth over her. anything uh yeah no that was that was a bizarre moment in the movie and kind of comes back but kind of doesn't uh, then we cut to Reagan really. who's a tap dancer now 
and she's got eyes for the saxophonist. Wrote that down thinking it might mean something. It doesn't. <laughs> nope. He comes back during the vaudeville sequence, and that's it. And it's only because she's acting like she's getting hit by rocks. And he's just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's very bizarre. Um, then Reagan goes to what appears to be a fucking spaceship with, like, Star Trek fucking doors like that, like, whoosh, whoosh, like open and close like that. And um, it's not, though. It's just a doctor's office. <laughs> and we get Dr. Dean Gene Tuscan, who um, wants to get in her head through hypnosis and uh, get to the root of these bad dreams she has and understands what she's been through and, like, understands that it's trauma and things like that. Which I only mentioned because later on in the movie, she's surprised by everything. But um, Reagan doesn't want anything to do with it. She's like, it's fine. And I think she like kind of likes the dreams. I don't know. The priest talks to the cardinal who is like, hey, you're the best at exorcism. And he's like, well, actually, Father Marin is. And he's like, well, Father Marin's fucking dead, idiot. Like, And he's like, well, yeah. <laughs> By the way, this guy has not performed an exorcist once in the movie. He's like, you just did that last exorcism when that girl fucking just burned up and died. So uh, why don't you go to back to Reagan for some reason? Um, uh, dude, did you catch the reason? No. It's because they want him to like destroy all evidence of Father Mirren actually performing an exorcism. Because they think that they, they want to they want to hide the evidence of real exorcisms, and they consider Marin. They have suspicions that Marin might have actually just been a Satanist. I do. Okay, I do remember that. I did not realize that's why they were sending him there. So <laughs> he fails at his job as soon as he gets there. Because as soon as he gets there, he's like, "I just want to talk to Reagan." <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. Also, interesting. They never once in this entire movie. Mentioned Father Karras. No. Fucking died. I know Merritt did too, but but Karras died because the demon took over his body and threw himself from the window. Yeah. Yeah. Merritt had a heart attack. He's never mentioned in this once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <What>? so, <laughs> so anyway, Father Lamont shows up to the office where Reagan is and meets with the doctor, which then... Reagan's like, oh, what's that about? And then Reagan's like, okay, I actually do want to get hypnotized in front of the priest. Unprompted. Yeah. Don't know why. Um, also, when the when the priest is talking to her, she's like, I think that exorcism made everything worse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the father's like, this isn't mental illness. This is evil. But anyway. Uh, and there's smash cuts and there's a lot of smash cuts in this movie, but we smash cut to Reagan just doing hypnotherapy and the priest is watching and they have a machine. This isn't hypnotherapy, by the way, this is science fiction. Hypnotherapy is a real thing. This is a machine that you, two people attach to their brains and then a light flashes in both of your faces and then you somehow entering each other's heads and yes. can see one or the other's brains yes, and visions and shit. 
Um, so they do this. And then the priest starts asking questions about the exorcism and what she sees. The doctor starts having like chest fibrillations where she's basically feeling what Marin was feeling. Cause he had right. the, he had the heart attack there. Uh, well, what we assumed is a heart attack, but is revealed in this film to be <laughs> Reagan grabbing his heart and killing him. <laughs> so that's something. Yeah. And then, and then, Ra- so Reagan, like the, 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 the doctor's freaking out. So Reagan takes off again, you're in hypnosis. So I don't know how you get out of it. Reagan gets out of it. The doctor's still in it. And then the priest is like, give me that fucking thing. This guy that doesn't, has never seen this fucking machine in his life. He puts it on and he's like, I'm going to save this fucking doctor. (laughs) And he goes into this fucking dream where he's watching Reagan grabbing the doctor's heart. And also real Reagan's grabbing her heart in real life. Trying to like, dude, in real life. But I mean, she's she's literally just fondling her tit right (laughs) and and there she has a handful of 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 nurse ratchet's boob for like 15 minutes of screen time yeah (laughs) and they're just like hold and then it's like trying to do like close-ups of the two hands holding hands while they're holding the heart and it's the it's the most insane scene they're like overlaying old reagan's face reagan's monster face with like the new it's like the most insane fucking shit i've ever seen um, and then that's it. They, 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 she, they, they stopped evil so, dream Reagan. What, what Sean just outlined is all that you see. Just a bunch of massaging, massaging. I still don't think I said it right, but th- that's all you see. And then the priest immediately says, your machine has proved scientifically that there's an ancient demon. Yeah. <laughs> Because of shit in a person's mind that doesn't prove fucking anything. It didn't prove a damn thing. And I would even argue, I mean, it's just like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just assume that's a memory? Right? That's, like even, yeah, it's actually sign like, yeah, just cause it's in our brain doesn't mean it's fucking real. Right. It's something traumatic that happened to yeah. her. And then there's multiple times that this priest is like, you fucking idiots. Like when we, when we just throw the science away and accept what's really happening, even though everything's pointing to like this girl having a mental illness. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking nuts. Um, it's fucking crazy. Well, the priest then finds a picture that Reagan drew. I think of him on fire. <laughs> it's a face of a person and there's flames. And he's like, holy shit. There's a fire in the building. Yo, yeah, yeah. And, and the doctor's like, what? And then he like runs into the basement and finds a burning box. Dude, the smallest fire of all time. <laughs> it's literally just a box of like dolls. <laughs> and they call the fire department. Um, well, Pazuzu calls Reagan in her dream. Dude. They just like fucked up like the whole Pazuzu thing. So, so crazy in this movie. Pazuzu is just everywhere in this movie. Like, and the, the number of times they say, do they ever even say Pazuzu in the first movie? I don't. So I don't think in the theatrical cut, I think in the extended one, they do. Okay. Cause they can't stop saying Pazuzu in this movie. And the more you hear it, the dumber it sounds. (laughs) Great. 
Dude, they could have done so much. Like, Reagan was talking to Captain Howdy in the first one. Dude. They could have, like, brought that back, but then, like, or, like, bring the Ouija board aspect back. I don't know. Anything. Dude, Pazuzu isn't even, like, the Pazuzu. Like, we talked about it on the show a little bit last week, I think, where I was, like, I was basically, like, Pazuzu's a troll. Like, he's a great character. Like, they built a character around somebody you never have never seen. And he's an amazing liar and, like manipulator and this one he's just like what up like i actually don't know his purpose in this like what he he's not doing anything because he doesn't possess anyone no he's just like Fart, still somehow around <laughs> yeah just, just sending still somehow deep inside yeah it is yeah just locus <laughs> actually this movie does suck <laughs> <laughs> like dude <laughs> You like, and it's like what you said. You have all of the elements to make yeah. a good movie, and you have like, dude, like, Pazuzu's like, is a great character. Like, if you viewed him as a character, like, I don't know. Um, also, I do want to. I, I forgot about this fact, but <laughs> they shipped over like thousands of locusts from England, and for some reason couldn't keep them alive, and they were dying at a rate of a hundred a day. <laughs> So they were like trying to make these scenes happen. Anyway, Reagan's dreaming and Pazuzu calls her. And by the way, dude, no, no good demon voice in this movie ever. Agreed. Not a single good demon voice, which fucking infuriated me. Pazuzu calls Reagan in the dream and is like, you have to come to Africa. (laughs) And this is Africa. And then shows her the swarm of locusts attacking this kid. Who will learn is named Kakumo. And Reagan wakes up almost falling off of a high-rise building. Yes. And we also see Marin there during that dream. Yeah. Yeah. Marin, that, that's what they paid Max von Sydow to do. <laughs> that's correct. Yes. Just looks surprised when he sees a possessed kid in Africa. Like, whoa. Yeah. Because he performed that extra. That, that was the exorcism he performed before Reagan. Right before Reagan. Right. Back in the day. Um, actually not right before Reagan. Like I think no, way back earlier. in the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also Reagan almost falling off this high rise building. They did not use a stunt person. No, she, she almost died. She just stood on the edge of a building, which you serious right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you not learn anything from the first one? Don't, don't fucking trust these fucking directors are fucking mental. <laughs> um, Sharon shows up. She's from the first movie. I forgot who the fuck she was, but she was um, like the mom's assistant. Yeah. She's the one that left the family at the end. Yeah. Uh, and now she's, she's Reagan's tutor. Yeah. And now she's Reagan's guardian. That's the, the exact Correct. word they use. And by the way, Reagan's mom is alive. She is on vacation, which they mentioned. <laughs> now, I don't know. As a parent, I think I would like to be called if this was happening to my daughter while I was on. Like, just give me a ring. Let me know what's happening. Yeah, but it's 1977. How are they going to get in touch? Oh, I mean, phones were a thing. Well, that's true, but. You just left a message. Unless she's out on an island. Yeah, I guess you never know. You never know. Yeah, I feel like it was harder to do. Yeah, but I I would still, I would send a telegram. I would do a bunch of things and be like, hey, there's a priest again, and this fucking Pazuzu's back. True, yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, no one is really um, 
no one is acknowledging this. Like, no one is acknowledging the, like, religious elements or the demon element. They're just kind of, like, existing. Like, no one's like, we got to keep breaking away from this shit. They're just like, yeah, hang out with that fucking priest that <laughs> that's talking like a lunatic. Like, that seems like a good idea. Um, well, Sharon goes to Georgetown and meets with the priest. And they go to the old house. Um, and there's some visions there. Um, and the priest is asking all these questions about the relationship between the demon and Marin that somehow Sharon has all of the knowledge of. She's just like, yes, he knew Marin, uh, you know, all these different things. Uh, the Georgetown house is still there, still furnished, fully furnished. They did not do anything with the house. They just left it. They covered it all up with plastic because that makes sense. Back at the science place, uh, the priest and Reagan hook up with the machine. They have more visions of Kokumo. Um, and locusts, uh, and then this time father Marin's out there helping the kid. And there was a moment where that kid turns into a demon and you got the exorcist yellow eyes, the teeth, and you're like, Ooh, you got excited for a second. For a second. You were like, this is, we, we got this. And he says, I am Pazuzu. Just announcing himself. Typical classic Pazuzu. <laughs> just <laughs> Which he doesn't do once in that entire movie when it's just <laughs> him in a bed. Dude, he's trying to tell people he's every anything but Pazuzu. He's like <laughs> he's like or your mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then this one he's just like, I am Pazuzu. Uh and the priest tells us he is Marin is like Pazuzu, the king of evil spirits of the air. So that's what Pazuzu is, uh, which is locusts, I guess. I, they had to build that in for the locusts, I guess. Some guy falls to his death in this scene, too, in the most comical way possible. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like a naked gun fucking fall. Like <laughs> Agreed. There should have been a Wilhelm scream associated with it. <laughs> And you know what's weird about this is I just thought that that was just some guy dying. And somehow Sean, he like Sean. plays a role in this. Like they go Dude, to at, his <laughs> grave. When Richard Burton's character goes to Africa, they're like, this boy fell down that cave. But we've been searching for 50 years. And no one's been able to find him. And Richard Burton just walks down and immediately finds him. <laughs> exactly where he fell. <laughs> Dude, exactly. They described it, and his bot his, his skeleton is just laying there. <laughs> That's the most insane shit in this movie. <laughs> uh, um, and you mentioned that voice of the demon, which they'll play like, especially when you see locusts. I actually didn't think of it as a demon noise. I thought it was some guy making a locust noise because it is somebody just going like. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but it is the demon noise, I think. I don't know. But I all I could think about when I heard that was that guy. I don't I always forget what movie it was that you and Paul saw where the guy the guy says ring ring when the phone rings. Monster Monster Goga. <laughs> Just a, an adult man saying ring ring. 
<laughs> and somebody answering the phone. Also, being being in the shot, <laughs> so you can see him doing it. <laughs> well, that's what I always. That's what this reminded me of because it was like showing a locust, and then you just heard like a, a voice being like, Ooh! and I was like, is this supposed to be like the wings flapping? Like, ah, uh, anyway. Reagan cures a nonverbal autistic girl. Just by saying, I can hear you. That's the only word she utters. <laughs> and then the girl's like, the girl's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I was possessed by a demon. Don't worry. He's gone. It's terrifying. This girl talked for the first time. Imagine if she went fucking catatonic after that. <laughs> She finally talks and goes immediately back because of what Reagan said. <laughs> and so Reagan does this through through telekinesis. And when Jean, her doctor, shows up, is like surprised, but is like, hey, just don't do that again. Because <laughs> Reagan's yeah. like, should I help the other kids? And she's like, no. Dude, Reagan, that legitimately is like, hey, I, I can cure everything that ails everybody in here. And, and the doctor's like exact words, like, yeah, maybe not today. Maybe, maybe some other time. Like, what? I wish the rest of the movie was Reagan just curing autism, just like <laughs> lined up. Um, Which, you know, like some of these elements, like I, I read somebody, I might have been Scorsese. I think it was Scorsese who was like, they painted Reagan as like now a saint, like a, like a literal saint. She had gone through that and she became a saint. And I was like, there's something I could fucking get behind. Like, I kind of dig that idea. Yeah. But they just fuck it up. Like, this, I think that's what this is. But then they were just like, fucking forget that. Dude, again, like, I I know religion's not everybody's cup of tea, but like, for a movie like this, keep the religious element and it would have worked a thousand times better because that's what the first one was. Make her a saint. Yeah. Well, the priest, who has not done his job, goes back to the cardinal. This guy travels more than any... This guy is on the fucking move. Like, time is not a thing in this movie either. Uh, He goes back to the cardinal, and obviously he's done nothing. So the cardinal's like, you're off the assignment. And then he just keeps doing the assignment. (laughs) He goes to fucking Africa to find Kokomo. Also, the assignment is just to disprove... What Marin did. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's true. So he's not even doing that. Like, I don't... I don't I, whatever. Uh, we cut back to Reagan doing her tap routine. And then we just cut back to Africa right away. Um, that's where they look for the dead guy that fell earlier. And they find him immediately. Uh, and then, And then he tries to explain to these people that do not speak English, like they have like, he has like a translator. Everyone else does not speak English in this African area that he's in. Uh, And he's like, he's like, listen guys, it's hard to explain, but I got hypnotized and saw this. And they're like, what are you saying? Like (laughs) trying to explain hypnotism to people that don't even understand English. Um, but then he mentions Pazuzu. He's like, I saw Pazuzu. And then they're like, what the fuck? And then they just start throwing rocks at him. And then that's when Reagan feels it. And none of this means anything to the story. No, because also uh, Richard Burton's character eats those rocks. That affects him 
Absolutely zero. <laughs> he's getting pelted with rocks. It probably would have killed him. Dude, it probably would have. He, he just walks it off and then just carries on with his mission. <laughs> yeah, he just leaves, goes down to the beach where he meets that guy fucking Eddie or whatever the fuck. Um, who's like, man, I love stealing religious artifacts from these sacred indigenous lands. That's my fucking job. <laughs> and so the priest is like, oh, that's cool. Can you show me where Kokomo is? And he's like, absolutely. <laughs> and he flies them somewhere. And yeah. one of the weirdest scenes is they're flying in the plane and then blood just splatters all over the window. Mm. Not explained, not even acknowledged. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be yeah, like a people thing. Anyway, um, takes him to see Kokomo. Meanwhile, Reagan and the priest connect again. Somehow, they they can just now link up whenever they, they want. Um, but now Reagan is also Pazuzu. Oh wait, yeah. this is all a dream. That's why this this ends up being a dream. Anyway, right. the priest and Reagan connect, and Reagan is Pazuzu. And you know that because she's like, say my name. And he's like, Pazuzu. He's like, all right, now I'll show you where Kokomo is. <laughs> but, also, but also, this is a dream, but it's also, it comes to, tr- to be truth at the end of the book. Correct. So, he goes and finds Kokomo. <laughs> Kokomo. Also, this is a doppelganger. This is fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> he goes and finds Kokomo, and... By the way, why is Pazuzu leading him? Uh, anyway, I, I don't want to fucking... This movie makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Kukumo is James Earl Jones, who, as we mentioned, is wearing a giant grasshopper head. <laughs> no clothes. And he's like, you have to cross over here and I'll tell you about Pazuzu. Uh, he tries to cross over a bunch of spikes and gets impaled by him. He fall, they pierce his feet and then he falls into the spikes, which just causes him to wake up in the real Dr. Kukumo's office... <laughs> Where he's a scientist. <laughs> he's just laying on the floor. Can he's I laying on the floor and Dr. Kukumo's like, oh, silly Billy, wake up. <laughs> and like, when he's like, what happened? Dr. Kukumo's like, I don't know. <laughs> what? He's in your fucking office. Um, and he's like, hey, man, weren't you possessed? And Kukumo's like, I don't think so. That's what my mom used to tell me. Which, by the way, is an insane thing for a mother to tell their kid <laughs> regularly. <laughs> uh, and so, Kukumo has no recollection of this. And now he just tries to stop locusts. What did you say? It, it, like, cut out there. Oh, I said Kukumo has no recollection of it and now just tries to stop locusts. Right, correct. That's all he does now. So yeah, talk, dude. He's uh, like has specially bred ones that can like withstand. I don't really know what brushing a wing means, but he says it like fifteen times here, and Burton's like, Burton says, "Well, is there any that can't get their wings brushed?" Which again, I don't know what that means, but he has one that can't. And then at the end, Burton alludes to Reagan being a locust with. A, that can withstand a brushing. So <laughs> Reagan being a locust in that fi- final scene is like the most insane shit. Like <laughs> none of this makes sense because the locusts are bad. Anyway, anyway, Reagan steals the synchronizer 
and links up with the priest, who's now back in America, by the way. Just dude, he is back in a jump. He shows up. He shows up at Sandra's apartment. I was like, that can't be. Honestly, I rewound it just for the fact that I was like, that can't be Richard Burton. Yeah, he's literally just like, in deepest like, Africa. <laughs> he's just back at, at Sandra's house. Who, by the way, Sandra in that scene is bathing two kids, and she's not wearing a bra and has the hardest nipples ever. And it's like she's in a wet t-shirt concert <laughs> contest. And she opens the door like that, talking to the priest, and it's like alarming how soaking wet and Richard Burton must have had the fucking time of his life. During that scene. Um, so anyway, they go use the synchronizer and see Marin die again. And also Kukumo again. And also they see the girl that died at the beginning. Um, and I just honestly, I don't even know the point of this scene. It's just looking at shit we've seen fucking three other times in the movie. Um, but th- the priest leaves in a hurry. But he's like, he's gone like... He's not himself. One would think he's Pazuzu. But is he? No. No, he's not possessed. He's not anything. He's not. He's he's just a fucking idiot. (laughs) We don't know what the fuck's happening. Reagan is following him, being like, connect to me, connect to me. And he's like, shut the fuck up. He walks into Penn Station, gets on a train. Reagan calls uh, the doctor and is like, hey... Uh, I'm at Penn Station. And she's like, oh, God, he's going to Washington, D.C., isn't he? And she's like, yup. <laughs> Which I don't know how she knows that. And then she's like, she's like, you better not go. And Reagan's like, I gotta go. And then Reagan gets on the train and just rides with him on the train. Reagan, uh, also, Reagan's mom is on vacation, as you said, and Reagan's excuse is like, I just need to go get some stuff my mom left behind. No, you no, you fucking don't. There's nothing there. <laughs> Come up with a better excuse. Um, and then when, when we cut back to the doctor and Sharon, uh, Sharon, for some reason, which again, she's not possessed. No one is possessed in this movie, but they, they start behaving weirdly, but they are not possessed. Sharon, like... <laughs> Like, the doctor's like, we got to go get Reagan. And for some reason, Sharon under her breath goes, stupid bitch. <laughs> Which, like, no one acknowledges. Like, like the doctor's not like, what was that? Like, that was fucking weird. Why would you say that? She just says it under her breath. It's such a bizarre little moment in the movie. Um, And so the doctor and Sharon are on their way. They're going to go catch Reagan and the priest. Uh, but they also stop to help some guy who's bleeding. Which Sharon is also furious about. She's like, well, just leave Reagan all alone. But why does that even happen? I I, I have no clue. Actually, way, from this moment on, I don't really understand anything. That nothing makes sense after this. Nothing makes sense after this. But this is actually the moment I would say to watch this movie for. If I was going to say watch this movie, these moments are the crazy. The jump cuts to this travel sequence is so fucking crazy. It's so weird what they included and what they didn't. Because they get on a plane, and then the plane starts, like, nosediving. And everyone in the cab, like, you see the cabin, and everyone's like, oh! And you're like, oh, that's fucking crazy. Like, are they are they going to kill them off right now? Like, is Pazuzu going to do... And then they just fucking... Yeah. It just cuts just back, <laughs> and the plane's going straight. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they actually hit turbulence while filming. That's the only explanation. Like, 
There's no, no, reason, no reason to put that in there. Yeah. And then we go back to the priest who's like, I have to get you to the house. And fucking Reagan is like all like hunky. Like Reagan is like so enthusiastic and happy. And she's like, oh, did Kukumo tell you that? <laughs> and, and then he goes, he said the good locust. That's all we get. And I'm like, I don't even know what that fucking means still. I don't know what that means. Nor will you. <laughs> Nor will you. And then we have five minutes of just cutting between these groups traveling, just different things that happen in the road to Washington, D.C., Georgetown, baby. Well, they get to the house. Reagan has to hop the fence that's covered in barbed wire, which, by the way, Sharon and the priest have already entered this once before. The priest has just entered it again. And no one had to go through barbed wire to get in, except for Reagan, for some reason. (laughs) She just went the hardest way possible. Um, The priest opens the infamous bedroom door and is swarmed by locusts. Uh, And for whatever reason, this also causes the women's taxi to spin out of control. And the windshield breaks. And the driver punches out the fucking windshield just in time to crash through the house's <laughs> I fucking love that for them. Uh, it just crashes through. The doctor's trapped in the car, but Sharon gets out and leaves. Yeah. And you're like, oh, finally. Like, this is what happened. Sharon has been Pazuzu the whole fucking time. I was so excited. And then... Yeah. Um, Sharon just lights herself on fire. <laughs> dude, Sh- dude, and like Sharon's playing it off like she is Pazuzu. Yeah. She's making these weird faces and like the doctor's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Sharon's just kind of like, you know, a thousand yards stare. Yeah. But yeah, she just lights herself on fire. <laughs> oh, she, she looks down at the gasoline and like her and the doctor look at the gasoline leaking from the taxi at the same time. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, she's going to light the doctor on fire. Here we go. Let's fucking go. I actually thought the priest yeah. and her were possessed. This is not the case. She lights herself on fire. The doctor's fine. And the doctor's just like, oh, God, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all these actors at this point, it's almost like they filmed in sequ- like sequential order. Yeah, I because think so. they just they just seem to have checked out. Louise Fletcher does not give a fuck to be on the screen at any point during these these next couple of scenes. (laughs) Oh my god. It's so fucking weird. The dialogue is also just like not great. Um Yeah, I mean Reagan here at the end, this this is her big moment in this movie. Yeah. And Reagan uh, she's terrible. She opens the door and sees herself. Now, how do we fucking address this? This whole thing has been about dreams. There's no second Reagan. <laughs> However, we are now introduced to a second Reagan. <laughs> Correct. Who is yes, real absolutely. and in the room. Correct. In a physical form. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Okay. Well, the second Reagan, who is evil, and I guess still Pazuzu, mm-hmm. is like, you have to kill that fucking good locust, which the priest is listening to for some reason. <laughs> yes. Because he's not possessed again. 
Maybe they're entranced by Pazuzu. I don't know. I don't know what to do about this. But uh, he starts strangling the fuck out of good Reagan. Um, Ray, you think Reagan's, this is it. Reagan's done. But don't worry. She starts speaking Spanish. And yep. she starts saying, por qué, por qué, por qué, which... Which does the trick. <laughs> to snaps Why? the priest right. I think it's supposed to be because of the girl in the beginning, which also the priest did not save. <laughs> oh, 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 I didn't connect that dot. Uh, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And also, I don't think that girl at the beginning says that. I don't think she says that, but I think that's what we're supposed to believe. <laughs> that is insane which Holy then shit. snaps the priest out of it he starts strangling evil reagan um and actually starts like pummeling her like starts just fucking beating the shit out of this other reagan um who again isn't real she's not that's there is no second reagan but there is uh and while this happens locusts dis- descend upon washington dc Yes. They break through the wall of the building. They then collapse the building, ripping it to shreds. The entire house is falling apart. Reagan is about to die, and the priest finally punches a hole through evil Reagan and rips her heart out. Um, ending that. That's the, that's basically the end of the movie. Um Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, she rips out Reagan's heart, right? But then the locusts are still going crazy. And Reagan starts doing this dance with, like, her fist. As if the, you know, like, rain dancing, but just through locusts. Through locusts. And this is, they, they, they tell you certain things by just overlaying old footage from earlier in the movie over the screen that you're watching right now to be like, oh, that's a callback. Okay. Forgot about that. Uh, and it's a callback to Kukumo when he got possessed by Locus, which, fun fact, he tried that dance and got fucking possessed. Right. So it didn't work, but it works here, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> the house is and demolished. The, s- the locusts are gone. Everyone survives, including burned-up Sharon, who gets to utter a few final words. You, I mean, yeah, she dies here. Yeah. She's just alive to this. She gets her last rights, thank God, because everyone was worried about that. And she says something dumb, like, I forget, like, it's like, I choose evil. And the priest is like, no, you chose knowledge. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> and also, you really didn't do anything that evil. You just lit yourself fucking on fire. <laughs> uh, the priest announces that the enemy of the human race has been subdued. For now. For now. The doctor goes up to Reagan and says, Reagan, I'm sorry. I understand now. The world won't. Not yet. That's the the first we're finding out that she didn't believe her. Like, you know what I mean? The whole movie, it appeared she believed. Like, you wouldn't allow this priest near Reagan if you did not believe the events of the first movie. Right, like, you need to and get the fuck out of here. You need to get the fucking leave because we're going through trauma therapy because of another priest that fucking died in front of her. Right, 
well, two priests died. Two one priests. they don't acknowledge, and there's multiple witnesses to like everything that that happened. Yes. Yes. So. So I think she believed it, but suddenly he's like, "Holy shit, Reagan! You were right. That was crazy." <laughs> um, and then she says, "You have to go. Take care of her." And then releases Reagan into the custody of this priest that no one knows. <laughs> right. And also was just acting insane. <laughs> Appeared no to paperwork be filed. She'd be like, well, your other guardian's dead. Also, your mom is still around. Your mom, but, dude, uh, her mom is alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, we have to get on a plane together. Go find your mom. I'm dropping you off wherever the fuck that is. And then I'm never dealing with you again. <laughs> and then the movie truly ends when the emergency crews show up. And the doctor's standing there. She's just staring. And we see the emergency lights flashing on her face, much like the synchronizer. Just a a beautiful thematic callback to the synchronizer. Everyone's favorite part of the movie. (laughs) The deepest part of the movie. (laughs) Dude, for people that love that that, that section of Assassin's Creed where you're in the real world. (laughs) That's what that is. That's what that is. Um, and that is The Exorcist 2 Heretic. Uh, do you recommend it? I don't. I don't. I, I don't hate it. I still I still stand by my earlier comments. I don't think it's as big of... Like, it's shot fine. It's fine to look at. It's not good. It's not- I, I, would never, I would never watch it again. But it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. I mean, it's crazy that this, that this was... Uh, the movie that came out after, man. <laughs> it really is crazy. Well, we didn't really talk about, like, who thought it was a good idea to make a sequel to The Exorcist? I mean, that's, everything was wrapped up pretty nicely. That's the thing. And then I loved, I saw something where it was like, after this, Warner Brothers was like, we can't make another Exorcist movie ever again because this is terrible. And that's why they waited to 1990. But it's like, yeah. You know that this was just like a dumb piece of shit, right? You shouldn't have made it to begin with. And if you were, maybe somebody review it. <laughs> like <laughs> an executive look at it and be like, this isn't like the first one. Just remake the fucking first one. Right. And do another. There's no possession in this. Now, I am very excited about The Exorcist Believer. Yes, next week. Yeah. Wait, is it out yet or no? Yeah, it's out. It's out. Mm-hmm. It's not on streaming. I have to go to the theaters to see this. I believe so. Yes. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um. Okay. Well, add that to my list of chores. Where? <laughs> Wait. Why is there only one showtime? Oh, for today. Got it. Uh, I just Googled that too. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking Manchester. You got your mind. (laughs) I was just like devastated. (laughs) Uh, Okay. The Exorcist Believer, October 6th. Okay. And Taylor Swift's movie comes out this week, right? That's what that's. Mm. The the movie series could be a nightmare. (laughs) Um, You had a post about what, um, Friedkin said about oh, David fuck, Gordon. Oh, fuck, the fucking mouse is back. Jesus Christ, dude. That's scaring the shit out of me. What did I say? What, what are we talking about? You were talking, you posted something on Instagram about <laughs> <laughs> about David, uh, William Friedkin's comments about David Gordon Green. 
Oh, yeah, dude. Which were great. Devastating. Devastating for David. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. And I guess David Gordon Green has bowed out of the second two that they're going to make. He did? Yes. Wow, I didn't hear that. He's going to make them, but he will not be involved. And he claims it's because oh. he's busy. he's going the star wars route Uh, you know what i just got really busy for the next four (laughs) years uh sorry you can't can't do it um uh the first two sequels are deceiver (laughs) believer and deceiver (laughs) that's that's silly um Sorry, 22% of 215 critics' reviews are positive. Average rating of 4.4. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Uh, Sorry, I'm reading about the money it made. It made under what it was supposed to make. Because it was supposed to make thirty to thirty-six million, it made twenty-six million. So people are not thrilled, dude. Universal sounds great. Universal spent four hundred million dollars to get the rights to make these fucking movies. (laughs) Universal. Did you see uh, Halloween's getting turned into a Miramax TV show? I I saw it got the TV rights. how do you do that though, dude? It's gonna be a fucking bust, dude. It's gonna listen. These shows don't know. Jo- what to it's do. called job security, buddy. We have shit to talk about for <laughs> for a while. That's true, but the these people like don't know how to make TV. Like, it's okay to show the character. Like, dude, Michael's not gonna fucking be in the fucking TV show. You know what I mean? Or it's gonna be like yeah. a kid Michael. Dude, they're gonna do the Gotham route where you never get to see fucking Batman. You just have to watch some fucking bratty little fucking kid be a stupid piece of shit. It's just gonna be little Michael being a little. It's, asshole. If they do that, that'll be nuts. Just just Problem Child, the TV show. <laughs> dude, dude. Make- <laughs> Actually, I would be all on. I'm on board. I'm on board if it is slapstick. Make it a slapstick comedy Halloween. Little Michael just fucking getting into trouble, causing Big distress an asshole, to his yeah. family. <laughs> I know his family is painted as like being evil in the movies and stuff, because that's why he kills him or whatever. Or is that only in Rob's? I don't know. That's, no, anyway. that's, yeah, that's not true. That's that's not a thing. <laughs> that's Rob Zombies. Yeah, just Rob's. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, but, that's but playing they Edward could write it in the problem. They could make it the problem child because you know, like John Ritter. <laughs> Like basically leaves a kid in a plastic bag on the side of the road at some point. Just because he keeps getting in trouble at school. <laughs> we should probably do the problem child movies. I would I would argue they're horror adjacent. <laughs> they, they might be. They fucking might be. Um so that's that. We got uh where's my schedule? Where's my schedule? So we got uh Exorcist Believer coming out that was supposed to be released. Tomorrow, well, we're recording on the 12th. It was supposed to release on the 13th, but it uh, got pushed up. Uh, and then... Get the fuck out of here. And then <laughs> fucking Joe's being attacked by a fucking mouse. Dude, it's just, it just keeps running on the floor. It's like, I don't know what the fuck. And then on Halloween, a release on Halloween day, you get Halloween Resurrection, which should be a yes. nice thing to do. 
Yes, I can't wait. Then we got Cannibal Month in November and December. We've got some cool December movies going on. And then all the people that were kind enough to donate to the charity thing that I did, we will be doing those in January. Um, Nice. Those include Spookies. Oh, nice. Which I've been, we've been wanting to do for a while. Um, Oh, uh, our November live show is a request from a, a donator uh, from, uh, what's her name? Ali Babwa. Uh, we're doing House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. For November, which will be fun. Um, I think Jasmine donated, which is great. I appreciate it. But her movie picks, <laughs> they might have to wait. What are they? Uh, Jasmine, I I appreciate you so much, but I don't know if you've ever listened to the show. She chose Cocoon (laughs) and the Ewoks' second movie, Battle for Endor. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. But should we save that for May? (laughs) For Star Wars month? Yeah. 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 We might have to make her wait for that. So, Uh, wait, and what else do I have? I have those... um, we got Wishmaster 4 or Sleep Stalker, which is a 90s made-for-TV movie, which is like a Nightmare on Elm Street spinoff. Never so seen it. That might be something interesting to try. We might do that one. And then I think that's it. I think that's it. Maybe I have some other ones. But anyway. Um, and also a shout-out to um, Megan... I'll say Megan P who sent us an email. Oh wait, her name's not Megan. Her email is me. Uh, Addie P who sent us a very nice email. Uh, we don't have yes. to share it on the air, but we, we, yes. we talked about it. Um, Joe has read it. We do appreciate that email. And um, Jordan F uh, also thank you so much for your email. They were very kind emails. Um, very sweet emails. So much, thank you guys both. Much appreciated. Yes. Um, okay, that's it, guys. Um, that's it. I got nothing else. Patreon.com slash I hate horror if you want to support us. Joe's doing these Halloween movie watch alongs, they've been cool. Um, and there's a new feed. Patreon has a new app, it's really fucking cool. It makes listening to like if you're listening to a podcast, Patreon makes it very easy to like listen and pick up where you left off for like the bonus content and bonus episodes. Um, and now they just integrated a chat feature. So I think, because that's what I've been wanting to do for a while, like we used to do on Twitter, which is like just a, because like the whole setup for a video watch along is just a lot. It's a lot. And some nights I'm like, I just want to sit on my fucking couch and not get up into the studio to do it. And now I can with the chat. So I think I'm going to be doing that um, nice a lot more. So check that out. Patreon.com slash I hate horror. Uh, Instagram at I hate horror. Facebook at facebook.com slash I hate horror. Joe, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, boognish1985. And that is a wrap. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Thanks to Joe. And for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you. Adios. Fucking zombie getting sliced and diced.